excuse us if we're a little bit concerned about people having bringing those fucking dog whistling terms to the discourse we're going to get defensive because it's a situation where it's like you have to realize what we're talking about here and we have to be better as people when we're watching we're all i said every time we're all dorks every one of us there's no you can't like have a heightened elevation of all I'm into this type of thing. You're into this type of thing. I'm a, you know, a more elite dork. We're all fucking pro wrestling fans. And if we get to a situation where we're not, where we think my understanding and what I like is better than what you like, and I don't want you to be able to experience what I have, then that is the, that is the height of like, just, it's just so selfish and it's so it's anti-wrestling. As simple as that. It's anti, it's counter to what pro wrestling is. Even the carnies of the history of pro wrestling is about get as many people in the building as possible. We want as many people in as we can get. Get them all in the tent. And this sort of approach of gatekeeping it because, I, I as I said, in the pandemic was a situation where people were like, you know, maybe they 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 got comfortable with what was a smaller New Japan pro wrestling audience. And it was a more defined New Japan pro wrestling audience. And the possibility of growth and change is scary for people. I understand that. But New Japan was very popular, very big pre-pandemic. People left. And it's not like you say, well, you're a trader. You can't come back in. Of course you can come back in. We have to invite people back. And we have to invite new people in. And hearing and the language in relation to Mercedes is the stuff where it's like, yeah, I've heard that in relation to other wrestlers. You know, we don't need this person or we don't want this person, blah, blah, blah. But with Mercedes, it's a different connotation because of, as I said, the history in relation to women and the history in relation to African-American women. Those two components mean that we have to be very conscious of the language that we use. And as I've said, I don't want to have to be having a discussion with someone who will be flippant about their dislike for someone without justifying it in relation to their like or, or uh, admiration for another person. That's all I was saying is that you can't say, oh, I don't get this character, this arrogant, whatever, but I understand Okada. I get Okada. I like Okada. I like, I like, this, I like this Okada, but I don't like those attributes in that form with Mercedes. It just has to be reasoned. And that's all, it's, it's all we're asking for, in, and it's a broader discussion that needs to be had because if we're reasoned about why we like something and why we dislike something, it allows us to be better connected and be able to talk about things and be able to say, I think you'll like this because I understand what you like. And I think you'll dislike this because I know you don't, you, you don't prefer that kind of stuff. This is why she has the most potential. And I've, said, I've thought it from the get-go is that it's about educating. She's going to educate her fans about New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I hope fans will get an education um, about uh, discourse, to be fair, and about the the implications and that we've got something very special here. Let's not fuck it up. You know, that's kind of my thinking. Um, yeah. And all I've seen pre this match were doubters and haters and that sort of shit. And so when I left it and I was so, I was like vindicated. I felt like, fuck, yes. That was like, she really showed them. And then to go and to see the internet making these, as I say, I don't like that. It became a difficult, it became a difficult place to chat because it's like, well, we can't talk about it because there's literally 
there's nothing to talk about in this space unless there's, we can identify things. So that's why I think it's important to, to tackle the match and to go through and to deconstruct it and to look at the areas that are, we think are you know strong and, and directions for character out of it so that we're giving sort of the whole picture of the match and the character in relation to that and where we think that's going as a way to try to better understand because that's what I did immediately after hearing some of these sort of um, takes on it was to go and watch it and to see what they what they were looking for and try to empathetically put myself in the shoes of that responder and try to understand what they were seeing to sort of see if I could understand like okay maybe that or maybe this mm. um yeah and in doing that I just left it going hmm I don't mm, see it yeah I, I can't see it so I need to I needed I need to have that conversation of like, well, what is it? Because I can't see it and I'm not. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to having a chat about this because I actually, you know, like some of the criticism was around, oh, uh, you know, oh, it's okay that she's wrestling Kyrie because they've wrestled before. So, you know, it's an opportunity, you know, where, you know, she's familiar with someone and, you know, it hides weaknesses or whatever, or wait until she wrestles, you know, a real start. Yeah, wait till she wrestles someone and gets shown out. So what I did, and I'm looking forward to talking about, is I went and watched that fucking match. <laughs> I went and watched that one match that they had on Raw, Sasha Banks versus Kyrie. So we can talk about that shit Tremendous. as well. Tremendous. Yeah. Oh, this is great, Dave. This is great stuff. This is a situation where... We, we're not about being positive or negative. We're about being authentic and being true to what we see. And, and there's no ulterior motives in the discussion that we have. We're not trying to push a narrative of some kind of thing. And that's going to be a situation where some people are going to disagree with us. That's fine. I, I welcome disagreement. Oh, I'm used to it basically. Um, but I, what I, what I don't want is ignorance. Simple as that. I think that there's a lot of takes where it's wishing and hoping, like, can't wait till she wrestles someone that's going to show her up. Like, why? Yeah, what? 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 In what? In what world is that a good thing? Who does that benefit? That benefit that embarrasses everyone. That doesn't help anyone. <laughs> Stardom doesn't benefit. New Japan doesn't benefit. Mercedes doesn't benefit. Who does it benefit? You. And what do you think that her being matched up with Azumi is so that Azumi can make her look terrible and make herself look great? And it's not how wrestling works, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't think that's how it works. That's <laughs> not how wrestling. That's not really not how wrestling works. It kind of makes the match horrific, and everyone looks bad. Um, yeah, and that's the thing. Like that, they're the types of comments we're seeing, and they're the types of things that, as I said. You're, you're entitled to your opinion in relation to that you don't think she has the the talent. You can say you can say that, but it's just a matter of you have to couch that in. I am clearly, I am clearly a divergent opinion on this because most metrics reflect that the opposite, right? So it's just about being very conscious of that, and that's all it is. It's about being conscious of that because. Um, as I said, we'll go through and we can identify areas that people can say, oh, I have a bit of um, reservations about this aspect of a character. Cool. Let's have a discussion about it. Um, how that could be perceived, how that could be taken the wrong way, how that could work for her, how that could be a negative for her. That's the type of stuff we have to do. Um, I know that online discourse isn't the greatest space for it, but it just has to be better than dismissive um, and and 
sort of celebrating in potential someone's downfall. I just think that it's just a very negative um, take. And honestly, it's not something that I think New Japan fans have have ever really held. I think it's we all want New Japan to succeed. And if this thing fails, it's going to hurt New Japan. It's a big investment. So it seems very counter uh, someone who would proclaim themselves a New Japan fan, I would say. I am interested to kind of go through this match and sort of like, yeah, pull apart some mm. some stuff and and talk about you know things that were good and and you know maybe some potential for improvement or well, you know uh, and particularly you know character direction and mm. and that yeah. kind of thing. I'm really interested in that. And that that was my great takeaway was like I was like thank you to all the people that were out there that were so down on this and people on cage match and people on like that were that were dissecting it and because it led to me going I'm watching this again because <laughs> I'm like I was I can honestly say in hearing the stuff and talking about it, I was like confused for one of the few times in my sort of wrestling watching where I felt like I, I was like I was like what I was so I couldn't rationalize in my head the stuff I was seeing from people. I was like, okay, I have to watch this again. Maybe I was the opposite. Maybe I was just like so wrapped by the watching through rose colored glasses. Yeah. yeah which yeah. is, you know, so I was like, I was like, because I, I want, I, I maybe have confirmation bias from the other perspective where I've been very pro her from a perspective of business and the, the benefit of what she can do for bringing eyes and bringing, I mean, look, she, the fastest sellout in the history of new Japan of the USA, like, so many people jump on fight the place melted like there's this hmm. is like a these are things that that i was hopeful and was confident that would happen so i had an invest i had a vested interest in almost her success so am i willing her to be am i looking at it from the opposite perspective and i'm conscious of this right so i'm conscious of that inherent bias that i i may be bringing in so i want to have a look and try my Try my best, and there's no way you can escape your own biases. We're human beings; that's how it works. We're, we operate on an assumptive base. It's not possible to exist outside of bias, but you can recognize what it is and try to empathetically understand where someone else is coming from. So that's what I was trying to do when I got to watch it again. Thank you to the people out there that were going down and being, you know, so negative. It led to me getting to watch it again. I went, "Fucking hell, I like it even more." <laughs> I was like, because <laughs> I was conscious of looking for those things. I'm like, I want to learn. And I started to look at the match differently than I do in most times. Like I sort of let matches wash over me a bit. And then I just come on here and talk about it. And then random things pop up and, oh, maybe that. Whereas this time I'm like, no, no, I think I want to invest a bit of you know, consideration into the match to try to look at things that I could take out and help have a discussion with people about areas that they might be troubled by. And I'm giving people the benefit of the doubt in terms of their of in terms of their descent and saying, okay, let's have a discussion about this part and see where that's coming from. It's like I can see where you might see that as a potential um, concern. I recognize that and that's cool. You can have that one. Let's discuss it and see if we can understand roughly where it's coming from. And we might arrive at something that can be instructive for for all of us. And that's kind of the why I wanted to sort of have a, we talked about it and we are like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do a new show format. Let's bring this thing back that we used to do years ago and go really into the match as a framework to have that discussion and sort of hopefully soften. uh, I can only speak for myself, but soften my stance in relation to some of the discourse 
and make it a little bit more palatable for people out there listening. So it doesn't sound like I'm a fucking old man yelling at cloud um, and, and make it so that we can bring more people in to start to talk about pro wrestling the way that we sort of talk about pro wrestling. And as that is an alternative way to engage as opposed to just how everything else is done um, and give people that might have an inkling to think about wrestling in a similar way to find commonality in the approach. So that's kind of what we want to do is look at the match talk about what's in it because this one more than any match I've seen in recent history is the, you know, probably going back to Mox at the best super juniors final of the character of who this person is, is now and who they want to be is on show in that match. And it's an opportunity to talk about it and to understand if people have reservations about the character to let's dive deep into those reservations and try to figure out where it's going and maybe alleviate some of those concerns um, and at least rationalize them in a, in a way that is logical and makes sense and provide them the ammunition to discuss this in a way that doesn't leave them open to being labeled um, a hater. Ooh, what a match. Just when you thought we were done, it's time for fun. This is the Bushy Road Warriors. Brought to you by We Work Stiff. I am the Dracula vernacular, the ravishing red brood, and as always, I am joined over yonder by the token whopping himself, Dr. Dave Pruden. Hello, everyone. And as always, making the show happen financially and editing-wise, here's Dr. Julius Josh Kreiter. Thank you, Red. Thank you. New Japan documentary on um, Wrestle Kingdom, mm. which I do, I recommend. It's really good. About an hour long. Um, it's got English subtitles. And it was all about Anoki and fighting spirit. I talked about it last week. But um, one bit they kept talking about, and it's actually, you know, stunningly enough, it was TJP who brought it in and talked about it because he they were asking him about Anoki because he was trained by Anoki in the LA Dojo. Mm-hmm. And he talked about he's got a tattoo on his chest called the road, which was written in the dojo, and he saw it every day. And he sort of talked about how um, it's about you know creating the path for yourself, and the idea that a road is sort of meant like you can manufacture a road by making a road, you know, that you can create the road, and all the all it takes is that first step, you know, and the and the courage to take that step, and he was talking about that's what's guided him in his career, you know, just to be, I've got to take this step and I'll make that move, you know, and I'll create the road and to be always be, um, to be progressing and moving forward. And that was like talking about new Japan pro wrestling as a broader place, you know, the road and how this is a massive step for new Japan pro wrestling. And for Mercedes, this is a massive step. She is creating the road. It doesn't exist. You know, it's like, this, this is a monumental movement. Um, that there are no guides to this. There's no right or wrong or any, we don't know how it's going to work because no one's ever done it before. And that's incredibly exciting. I think it's a cool, it's a great metaphor. We talk about trailblazers and people that can be looked back in history as being really 
influential. And I think for a lot of people in their career, you know, some people will value that. And I feel like Mercedes has sort of what I'm getting at is her decision is the at the core is that the it's it's an Okiest. Yeah. You know? And that's what I'm getting at is it's it's the most new Japan. It's the most new Japan thing you can do. You can yeah. do. What she's decided to do is the most New Japan thing you could do. And that's so when I saw her decision to do that and the the rationale behind it, everything about that informed my opinion pre her arriving was she's doing things that have the potential to put New Japan in a place it has not been before, but not sacrificing the ideals and ideology and philosophy of New Japan and its founder, Antonio Inoki. It feels like it's both things. So at no point did I think this is inherently bad because her actions never provided me the ammunition to be concerned in that sense because it was like what Moxley did. It was similar to a Jericho in the sense that these are people with great reverence for New Japan but the difference with her, as opposed to say Moxley, was I knew about her reference for J- Japanese pro wrestling for years because she's talked about it everywhere. When she took a sabbatical last time, she was in fucking Sendai Girls, like she was going over to train with independent, you know, small promotions, small Joshi promotions. To so someone that has demonstrated a commitment to the space, so it made sense that she's like she in the past has taken small steps within the construct of being the Sasha Banks character while still being employed in WWE, she's shown them that she's willing to step out. But this time it was like, now I'm leaving and I'm creating the road. And so the road led, you know, to the Tokyo Dome and it led to the discourse. But it felt like that was the right path. It was the right move. It was the right step. And it felt like it fit. It felt like New Japan. Even the fact it was a little wonky. It's like we just watched Titan make his LIJ debut. That shit was wonky as fuck. Like, yeah, that's a nothing says a great New Japan debut like a bit of like whoops. Like, (laughs) what's happening here? Like, I was just gonna say that's a hundred percent correct. True. Like when Sasha was doing a whole thing in the Fed, she always would make references to the Japanese product in her own personal life, whether it was Twitter or when she was being like candidly interviewed and stuff like that. She would always make references. Japan. I don't I don't think that goes without, you know, it you know, the fact that she actually wore a Japanese flag in the debut too on her arm coming out. Yeah. Like that's a pretty poignant statement. Granted, in the lead up to this, and we'll get to the match, but obviously with the lead up to this, you had the promos and stuff where she's mispronouncing people's names, right? Mm. I, I think that's a really important area to explore because Obviously, obviously, if we're looking from a character perspective, because pro wrestlers are characters in this context, she is uh, she understands that many people from the initial signing and when it you know, melts without reporting the numbers, um, uh, and people are going, "Wow, it's a lot of money," and then they're getting like, "How dare they pay her that money?" Which again, okay, that's curious, but nonetheless. It's like she recognizes that people are seeing her as this entitled outsider that's getting paid a lot. So she's like, okay, I'll lean into that because mm-hmm. that's a good position to take. It's a good spot to hold is that people will see me as the entitled one. And I'll, I'll call myself fucking money. 
because it's so important. They will want the homegrown stardom girls beat me. They will want to see them beat me. And that is a kayfabe position. Ultimately, we want them to, to defeat her. And that's that's a perfect setup because it sets up a beautiful story that we all know and we've talked about it for a long time that will eventually lead to the the true face and heart of stardom in Mayu Watani dethroning her. Like that is the progression that we all can see this going on because in in the direction it would say that she ultimately is defeated by Mayu but in the process has earned the respect of everyone in stardom as belonging. So she will be the outsider who will come in, mispronounce people's names, not be like be perceived as someone who's above the division, above the company, who will be humbled by the person, but in the process be accepted by the person. That will be the story they will play. And there's only one person that who, who accepts you and says, yes, you belong, that means the level of a Mayu Watani. Like that's the person that says, yep, I endorse you. So in kayfabe, she will be humbled, but in reality, she will be accepted. Mm. And that is the arc that they will go on. And Meltzer's reporting that she has two big dates, that she's going to wrestle Azumi at Sakura Genesis, and she's going to wrestle Mayu Watani at the All-Star Festival for the, the big stardom show where they bring in all of the like all of the small Joshi promotions. So similar to this um, junior festival, similar to the Mudo show. And what is that? Like, can you imagine that all of these small Japanese promotions, these Joshi promotions are all going to be on the one show headlined by Mercedes Monet. And if you would like to tell me that that is inherently a bad thing, then I do not know what you want out of pro wrestling because yes, she'll be on top and she'll draw the eyes everybody's going to see all of this talent and they're going to be showcased in a way that's going to be like, it's going to be unbelievable for that scene. It's going to open the scene up and we might get the story that taps it off. And I don't want her to lose because I don't want her to go, but I think she can lose and still have narrative connections to that thing because she can start telling the story of the fight back versus Kyrie as those two both try to struggle to, to get to that point again, to be able to go at Mayu Watani, which makes sense for Kyrie, right? Like that's that both of those have that chase. So I like where they're going with this story. And it, you can tell that that's the direction they're going by the presentation of the character. Like you could just, you could just see like, oh, she's so dismissive. It's set up and people are like, oh, I hope she loses. It's like, yeah, yeah, you, you should hope she loses because that's what she wants you to do. But it's when the, the critique became, I hope that they... You know, they, oh, she she's not good enough to be on those level. It's like taking the work and then framing it the wrong way. You know, like, no, no, she's good enough to be there. She's playing into this role. And that's the discussion that needs to be had is like, okay, that's the direction she's going. And I think when we look at the match, it's so clear the direction that she's headed. Like you watch that match, you see those aspects. It's not someone that's inherently a heel. It's someone that I think is like what we talked about in how Stardom presents its wrestlers. Neither good nor bad. There's just people that are working at levels differing levels of ambition you know yeah and i think too like there's a couple of different ways and i know we'll get into the match but there's a couple of different ways they can go with the Kyrie and uh, mercedes story moving forward too because there was uh from Kyrie, there was a you know an element of showing respect and acceptance of her being there and Kyrie in the framework of 
stardom, she's not aligned with any faction. She's still considered and like she's considered like a lone wolf, an outsider, on someone on the outside. And so Mercedes is in that same position. Perhaps there's, you know, if, if Mercedes sticks around, perhaps like they become tag team or mm-hmm. who knows, they, they team up in some in some way. There's lots of different stuff they could do if she decides to stick around. That's it. And, you know, who you wrestle first is instructive. Like, yes, yeah. it's really important. Who you wrestle first is going to be someone really important to your career, you know. Um, and they made that clear. So, and as I said, I think we get to the match. So it leads us, this road, you know, leads us to San Jose, the site of her, you know, some of her great triumphs as in a previous life. And what I was going to get to is straight up from the beginning of the entrance sort of stuff. It is absolutely indescribable, the energy throughout the San Jose Civic. But if we could bottle it and put it into words what we have felt and what we are seeing, we'd be billionaires right now. And I was getting it to like the idea of we know what New Japan is, and New Japan entrance, and you sort of you 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 contrast this with what the second match after the Okada Tanahashi match, like their entrances were pretty basic. Those lads just like there you go, walked out, did their thing, you know. Like I was sort of noting that when they come out, it's there's that. I was trying to find the right language for it. I know that you've talked about it too, Dave. Like theatric, and it's and particularly Kyrie. Like Kyrie's got this like aura, but mm. like this. There's there's a level of drama and it's uh, theatricality, I would say, that makes it feel distinct from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Like the only other guy would be Taichi, you know what I mean? Like that has that kind of theatricality. Um, both women, I think, embrace that as coming out as being part of, you know, you're, you're almost moving into a new realm in the context of a New Japan Pro Wrestling show. It was the only match that literally had that entire, like, you know, the dancers and then Kairi had her... Uh, I believe it was a French uh, mm-hmm. thing, the whole thing, but like with the dancers coming out and then like, you know, the whole, I was watching it too this afternoon and I'm like, the crisscross song at the very start of it, I'm like, wow, that song so much. I'm like, yeah, crisscross is going to make you jump, jump, jump. And then Kyrie comes out with hers, the whole pageantry and everything. Like, that's why I like the match so much was because I love pageantry. I love that entire aspect of the wrestling is when it's like, it is like this entire show you're watching. And it was the only match in the entire card that I felt actually brought that outside of like, you know, the story was being told before the match and everything, but that match particularly really put on the pageantry big time. And I thought it shone big time for both of their intros when they came out and it really sort of set the tone. That's a sort of a distinct thing that stardom does as well like you know like tam comes out with the cosmic angels and they do a dance routine like that's that's sort of part of that company these sort of elaborate entrances um and distinct between factions mm-hmm. so yeah that's sort of telling to what mercedes is going to be moving forward and her sort of spin on that embracing that was again, yeah, yeah that's what i felt like embracing the difference that is a presentation of this even in the context of new japan pro wrestling that's different let's embrace that as part of that difference that's what i felt in that that context and obviously she comes out 
as in the Hanakamura tribute gear. The gear inspired and in tribute to the late great Hanakamura, who left us too soon, whose story inspired Mercedes Monet to follow the dreams of the present. You want to talk about embracing your position as uh, in this company or in, in this division and in this, in this to bring eyes to uh, a person who, you know, deserves um, that recognition um, mm. and allowing Ian Riccoboni to talk about um, Hannah Kimura and Ian Riccoboni obviously having a connection to Hannah through Ring of Honor and being able to have that thing. You can even hear it in, in Ian's like, like he was taken aback by the generosity of Mercedes in that in that space. So this is her first moment in a match in that thing, and she is dedicating it um, to Hannah Kimura. I was I was I, I too was floored. I also thought it looked amazing. It was like wow, yeah. that looks great. Looking at that like that entrance and that sort of thing, I'm I'm interested to see uh, that in uh, like a, a show in Japan with a bigger production. Of course. Yeah. even bigger production value because it's sort of I feel like there's a little lost in you know a little lost in the building uh a little lost in uh just like a like a debut there for that uh, I'm really saying that the right way but you know what I mean like no I think it's because you had the you had the production of a of a US based promotion a US based production kind of thing and it doesn't I, I still feel like I mean, one, I think it's a tribute to her to how much gravitas she brought to it, given the kind of given there's only, you know, less than three thousand or whatever there and it's a sellout and that's great. But not having that same level of um like it's not gonna be like when she turns up in rear Goku, it's gonna hit different. Yeah, yeah. And and that's that's kind of the cool thing, like seeing her in that context of it's like not looking all bright and flashy and polished like she has for the last ten years. It's sort of it was it was kind of had a gritty feel. Yeah. But I am interested to see like that then again with Japanese big big production too. I, I want to see that version of her as well. Isn't that the true you know New Japan experience? Is that ultimately you get you get a taste of all. You're going to get all of them. Yeah. Like yeah. and it's you that have to find the way to bring yourself to that context. Whether yeah, it's you a have small to connect. Space. You can't hide behind the production. No. Yeah. And I think she, from the moment she walked out, I think it was like connection, like instantly. One of the big things too that I really liked about the match was um, when Kyrie starts coming out, they actually put the camera on Mercedes and you can see how happy she is. You can see how genuinely happy she is to see Kyrie come out. Like it's only a very brief moment, but she is genuinely stoked she's about to have this match. It's anticipation. As I said, it's anticipation for what's for what's about to come. And as I, I've heard the people discuss about whether the right or wrong decision um to pay tribute to Hanakamura, I I think if the if the goal of what she is doing is to educate a brand new fan base about Joshi and educate a brand new fan base about what makes the thing that she really loves special, then Doing that, you know, like you can't argue with Hannah Kimura's mother who's out there promoting and saying how thanking her for doing that. Yeah. Um, and driving, you know, interest in the legacy of Hannah Kimura and and, imp- and I hope. Yeah, and who who would appreciate it more than anyone because Hannah Kimura's mother was a wrestler as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And as I said, and I would hope that people are going to go, oh, who is this Hannah Kimura? And they're going to read about her and read about the story of her and understand more of the the implications of a bunch of things that they're doing. And hopefully it's a sobering moment for a lot of people that perhaps mm-hmm. have just been seeking um, to detract from that or trying to find negative in anything that that uh, that Mercedes is doing. I don't think you can, if you want to try to do that, you can go ahead and try to do that. But ultimately, this is what Japanese pro wrestling is built on, is a fundamental respect and reverence for history. And, and that's, to me, that is paying the ultimate respect of generously giving up your, essentially your, your visage to another person on your biggest day. You yeah, know, that your, to me is... Debut, you're doing... You're, you're attributing your attire, your entire aesthetic, pretty much, to to uh, a wrestler who had an unfortunate demise. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's a beautiful tribute. And to, for anyone to sort of shit on that, I think you kind of need to have just, like, maybe have a second look and see yep. what's going on there because, um, you know, that comes from a place of only trying to be respectful and and you know uh appreciative and you know her way of saying you know we remember mm-hmm. and, and and also too the fact that sasha banks was her favorite wrestler like that is really cool and yeah. also when stardom made its first how like dark appearances on the new japan brand at wrestle kingdom it was hannah kimura yeah that made the, that walk and it's paying homage to the people that paved the way that made it possible for her to be in this position as well. To be where she is and do what she's doing. As I said, I think it's a situation where we, as you mentioned before, read the documentary that, that Mercedes put out and you see her reverence and respect for these things. Um, but, you know, her breaking down about how much support she has gotten. I think when she's referencing how much support she's going, gotten, she is doing that in the context of the broader discourse that she's also seeing how much the how many detractors she has and so recognizing that i think she she understands the weight of that and understands that that you know without those supporters and the level of support she has and the network she has how difficult being her uh and taking as we've said taking this this brave stance in terms of going out on your own to to take the road not traveled to go on this and to do that without that support, it would be very difficult. Like it's difficult as it is, but without it, it would be near impossible. And recognizing that there have been women that have gone before who have done that without that level of support. And unfortunately Mm. there have been horrific and terrible, tragic circumstances as a consequence of that. So I think it's a, it's more than just a paying homage. It is that, but it's also um, respecting and acknowledging that this is something that, we don't want to see happen again. And so, as I said, I hope that people that don't have any, uh, that are new to this, if they're a Mercedes fan, then that, that'll be good to look it up. But I think if you're, if you're down on, on the tribute, um, I can't dissuade you of that opinion, but I do think, um, I do think it was the generosity was, was not something that had any intent of trying to get yourself over with that, that crowd. Not, not in any way. It wasn't trying to ingratiate herself in this sense of like, look, I'm one of you. Yeah, it wasn't. She wasn't looking for cheap, cheap love. No, <laughs> no, I don't think it was any of those like little points. It was clear she was always going to get loved in that in that that room. She was never it was never in doubt. She took the opportunity to, to educate someone, and I think it just added to the emotion 
and the investment and the stakes. It made it feel bigger because it felt like it was the weight of sort of modern New Japan stardom relationship. It's kind of brought it. It kind of and that that outfit. It 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 harkened to those those moments and those dark matches where we had to look at them through photos that fans were taking because they weren't being shown. Like this is the modern history of this thing. This is how far we have come. And and she could easily say it's all me. And in and in kayfabe, that's the story she's telling. But as I said, that that undercuts her kayfabe character, but it ties into her belief of I am the best thing for this place. So she's able to rationalize it, but it's pretty clear that it would be much easier for her character to just ignore it. So the fact she's in great in integrated into her character to me demonstrates her reverence as a person for the uh for the brand and for the broader Joshi scene. Horrible what's happened, but you know, going forward and everything, like that is a really, really cool way to sort of like take the spotlight away from yourself and just show how much you actually care about what you're doing and the company you're wrestling for. So obviously they get into the ring and then the the first thing I noted was it was a very strong tie-up, very aggressive, and the crowd was such an interesting thing the crowd reaction initially i know that the crowd was sort of wasn't mic'd great um which to me only emphasized just how loud the fans were for that match because obviously when you could hear them i was like okay there must be um but the anticipation it sort of felt nervous it yeah felt really nervous that that first lock up and they sort of they they kind of gave it a bit of space before that first lock up too mm, which yeah. really brought the crowd into it now like everyone was sort of able to then appreciate what they were oh Thanks. this is actually fucking happening historic contest crowd's still buzzing here you can feel you can feel the murmur the electricity do not mistake the silence after that initial rush they are just waiting, waiting to explode at the sign it's of the, the first attention. move. Every bit of attention is just everyone is on the I went back and I watched that match that they had on Raw, and it is like this manic, odd-paced kind of match that there is no space, there is no room. I mean, it's kind of like mid middle of the pandemic, so. It's different, probably structured a little differently anyway to if there was like a full crowd there. But it, this, it, it's, you can't, there's no comparison. You can't make a comparison between the two. You can't say, oh, because of this match in the past, this is going to be easier for it. Because they're, even from the first moment, that space compared to that other match, and that lockup compared to the beginning of that other match, like instantly, instantly the difference is is so stark. The weight they're carrying in this match, like the gravitas of the, like think of this. This is, yeah, it's not just some throwaway match on Raw. Like here's the thing: we as you know, New Japan fans, we're we're watching historic crossover, right? We are we are in there invested watching this show, the start of New Japan crossover, one of the best shows of last year, one of the most fun um, experiences, right? And we're watching that, and we're watching that main event. And it's like wow, this and that same level of gravitas and the weight that those women are carrying in that match, main eventing a New Japan branded show, and recognizing they got to bring it, you know, and that was like, and they did, and you know, one of our great matches of the year and made our list from when we did our end of year awards you know 
but this had the same feel in the West. Like it was the, there's a lot of eyes watching. There would be more eyes watching than were watching the crossover show. That's just the reality. And so there are a lot of eyes are watching and they know it. That's the thing that when they're giving that space, they're also, they're also showing, you know, the, the moment, the weight of this thing. And they're feeling that sort of descend onto their shoulders of, all right, we can sense the anticipation. We can sense people starting to realize that this is going to happen. What are we going to see and not knowing what's going to happen and how it's going to play out and just, and them being able to have to carry that. As I said, when they go straight into that lockup, it felt like an anticipatory silence, almost a hush went over the crowd of like everyone sort of inhaled and were like, all right, and it's and I felt like all the fans that are in that arena that are there to see her are there with the hope that she will succeed. And also, like I, I really like the moment before they even lock up. Mercedes is standing in the middle of the ring, pointing at the fucking New Japan logo, mm -hmm. like insinuating, "I'm here. This is this is going to be my my house too." Whatever it is that they say when they. Like this is my house, yeah. I think. Um, this is New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, and I'm here, and I'm New Japan Pro Wrestling. Pro Wrestling, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, echoing Okada, like, like yeah. echoing the 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 exact same thing he would say before fucking any lockup. Like, let's show him New Straight Japan Straight away, Pro there, there. she's queening to 100 his king. She yeah. is. Yeah, <laughs> it's, and because that's the narrative they're telling, and we would find that out later in the night. You know that, and there's the 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 seeds are there. If you're looking, they're there. And this is the opportunity to look and see what they're planting along the way. But it, it also shows the maturity, too, of the two of them. Like, there's one thing you always hear from veteran wrestlers is slow it down. Slow it down. Feel the moment. And that's exactly what the two of them are doing. And, and one thing I liked from the absolute get-go of the match was how Mercedes, she utilized every part of the ring. She mm -hmm. literally, she, she took Kyrie and she just was using every part of the ring and she was like just doing this slow, methodical thing with her at first. And I really, really enjoyed that. And it's something that I haven't actually seen her do in her previous, you know, stint as Sasha. I thought that was really fascinating. Like I've seen her do a lot of things, but the way she used the entire part of the ring. So you're talking like the lucha spots, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So what's interesting about those lucha spots, right? Mercedes Monet. Oh, inside, rolling through. And there's that lucha style. Look at her, the face lock, a cross face there. Rika identifying them as lucha spots, and they are. You can see her lucha influence. Yeah. They're also Azumi spots. Mm -hmm. So that's an interesting element that she's playing to. She's calling to that idea that she can't, she's not going to work at the speed of Azumi because there's not, I don't think there may be a human on the planet that can work at the speed of Azumi. Maybe Will Ospreay. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe Will Ospreay five years ago. It's a, it's she is she is lightning, but what I found the cleverness of that of that initial calling is is because they start slow and methodical. That when she brings the pace and she brings those spots, they stand out as being faster. They're bringing the speed to the match. It's like okay, here, here, here. It adds to the impact as well. Yeah, it adds to that if they feel and she's getting. She is getting, when she does that move where she goes over into what is previously the bank statement, which is Azumi's rollover that she does. 
the crowd's popping because it's like, oh, it's different. You're getting to see her do what we have wanted to see her do. And I think a lot of people, I didn't even realize that that's a Zoomy spot. I don't have the the level of startup investment. But luckily, Twitter can be a place of learning because people are on there, the stardom fans who are so generous and always wanting to educate are showing side-by-sides yeah. of her doing cool. these spots with Azumi doing these spots. And it's like, ah, like awesome. And so for those people that are watching that match, as it's happening, they're not thinking anything, but she's going to wrestle Azumi. Like yeah, it's yeah. coming, you know, and this is a cool planting the seed in those early stages where they're feeling each other out and she's already she's already embedding herself into the the broader landscape of of the promotion um i thought it was interesting so that's what's great is that's got this nice flowy feel and it's feeling all nice and flowy and then it starts to get a little bit more physical mm. as the match goes on and that was the interesting part i really liked and it was kyrie bringing the physicality to mercedes like she was bringing a level of aggression and a level of Oh, she was throwing elbows left, right, and center, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she she put her into a corner and chopped the shit out of her, and it forced Mercedes to match that level of aggression. As Mercedes writhing in pain here, now picking up the pace, another open hand. Now we're seeing that feeling out process kind of go by the wayside. Both women now maybe looking to take Ooh. their best shot. Open hands. Mercedes money here. And my note right there was like Mercedes was doing her engine chops. I called them engine chops. Uh, the way she was like chopping her chest in the corner and everything. And I really like the way the physicality sort of like took a turn to much more of like a, a brawler sort of style of match, which I wasn't expecting from the two of them. I, I looked at it as like almost like a, uh, uh, an approach to fighting spirit where it was like, I'm going to bring that out of you, that you are going to have to swim in deep water here with me. Yeah. You are going to have to fight for this. If you want to take this, it's not going to be a situation where you just come in and grab it. You have to take it. And I'm going to, it's to me, it was defensive. Like Kyrie is defending in every sense of the word. And the best defense is a good attack. And so her approach is I'm bringing the fight to you to hold on to what is mine. And I, and Kyrie's questioning, can you, can you meet me at the summit of physicality? Um, And that was the question that it tied perfectly into that, that underlying doubt that is in Mercedes that we saw in the documentary of, can I wrestle at this level? And am, am I capable of doing this? Hmm. Well, this is the this is the proving ground. This is the litmus test. You're in there with her, and she's challenging you physically to demonstrate that you can do that. And when she fires up in that corner and starts doing those chops, it's like let's 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 get going. It's it's calling to that aspect of having to, as I said, not be a heel or anything, but just be a pro wrestler. Yeah, like do you, do you? We are in. This is a Jap- Japanese branded match we are you know we are japanese wrestling uh yeah do you have fighting spirit yeah i want to test you yeah. do you have it and, and and i mean like you know it's it, the whole trope of like new japan is always that 20 count particularly and what i uh love absolutely like was when the two of them have the 20 count it gets to 18 the two of them jump back into the ring and there's a look the two of them have they they are both at this point where they're they've they've taken each other's blows and everything and they're looking at each other and they're going, let's do this. You can see Kyrie, 
you can see is like, you know, Mercedes and the two of them, like, let's do this. Let's go. And they just go straight at each other after that 20 spot. And I just thought that was really, really cool to see from the two of them in that thing, particular moment. We are, we are three seconds away from a double count out here as Mercedes in, Kyrie in at 19. And the stare down. Both wrestlers. Oh, 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 oh. Traps the arm going back to the shoulder. So the, the initial story, the early offense is all about Mercedes tackling the arm. She's going for Kyrie's arm, which makes a lot of sense, right? She's trying to neutralize the insane elbow, right? So that's a very logical step. And so that's what they play at in that on that outside spot when they're both down, um, is they're playing to that aspect of when they both get up. It's like Kyrie's already selling the arm because she's had the arm hit the, the ring post a couple of times. And so it they when they attack, it's like Kyrie's again showing her fighting spirit because she's running their one arm. And she obviously gets taken down by the arm and then she's caught up. But what I found really interesting in that exchange and what's happening, it's tying into this idea that we're talking about um, in relation to that physicality and the fighting spirit is what I really loved. And what I was what I was very mindful of looking at was I was looking for those WWEisms, those fetishisms, you know, those things that we can look at. What I thought was so clever, so clever, was that Mercedes used all of her stuff that she had cultivated as part of the Sasha Banks character, whether it's the Meteoras or whether, like all of her moves that have been so effective in winning her matches in her previous existence and them not working, them not being enough. And every time she's been confronted, she started getting, getting more uh, frustrated because she's not able to put her away with stuff that should put her away. This is how this stuff, this stuff always works. Looking for round two. She is incensed. I have seen her win matches, multiple matches with that Meteora. Tonight, it's not good enough. Remember when Mox did that when he wrestled Juice and he did the uh, the double arm DDT? But yeah, the dirty deeds, as he used to call it. He, he, yeah, he didn't pin him, so he had to do the elevated Death Rider, and that put him away. It's like I've got to elevate my my game here, and I like that that sort of echoed in this match too. Yeah, it's the same idea. If I'm bringing what I think is enough, is it enough to do that? And what, but what I liked about it, interestingly, is about the character component because we talked about it before about she's saying, well, is she this arrogant character? Okay, because that's a criticism I'm hearing is that she's arrogant. Um, okay, but. We understand the nuance of this character. She entered the match. She seems, as you mentioned, Red, she's smiling. She's happy. She's very respectful. She seems. But as she is confronted and challenged, and as it gets desperate, her approach when things go bad and she gets frustrated is to lean into confidence and arrogance as a defense mechanism to cover herself, to protect herself. And then she reacts with hyper aggression. So from that, from when her WWE stuff is not working, she gets frustrated and starts choking her, starts mm. pushing her into the rope, starts getting, starts put, puts her in the tree of woe and starts kicking Kyrie in the chest. Gets brutal, gets mean. There was a, uh, like a near three count at one point after one of those mm. WWE moves. And when she kicked out, she kind of like squealed a bit like a banshee yeah. and was like getting into the ref, like, 
and then picked a picked a fluffy thing and threw it at her and was like, "Why is this not working? This 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 works. Like this works. This is what it has. This is." And she's like, "And that at that point, you think of you think of the the story that's being told of am I good enough? Do I have what it takes? As I said, in stepping out this road, making the road, all of the criticism of her is." It, like the shoot criticism of her that we're seeing on the internet and seeing in all this sort of, um, you know, these people that want to see her fail is, oh, she isn't on the level of a Kyrie. She isn't on the level of the stardom wrestlers. So the beautiful thing about this is, is she is demonstrating all of the things that she brings to the match and they are not on the level of the start. That's the story she's telling is these are not good enough to do it. So she is confronted in that moment. She is confronted with the reality that maybe she's not good enough, but rather than wilt under that realization, she uses as a cloak to empower her, this arrogant character that says, I am above you. I am better than you. This should work because I'm the best. She adopts that arrogant position as a, to almost convince herself that she can do it. And it spurs her to be mean. And it's so, it's so Okada. It's yeah. so, it's so Okada. It's not funny. What what I like about it is it's like demonstrating what I can now do, like what what I'm allowed to do. Like she does mm. the meteora to the outside, and the crowd really reacts to that mm. because it's like, oh, you can you can do that. What well, that's a pretty crazy spot that we're trying here. And then she does it inside again, does the meteora, and that's what leads to the. She goes for the meteora inside, and the commentator, uh, he's saying, I've seen her win a lot of matches with that move. Which is like, yes, that's the story that they're trying to say. That's exactly what they're trying to convey. I thought the commentary did a great job during this match too, by the way. Yeah, because they're helping to convey what I think is a pretty clear narrative of the character. You know, like, yeah, she's she's normally wins with that, uh, Ian, but she didn't win on this one. She's gonna have to bring something else out. There's actually um, kind of like a an interesting sort of. When I was watching the other the their first match on Raw too, I was kind of like noting similar spots from from that match in this match and how they differed, mm-hmm. and um, you know, the one of kind of real real that really stood out to me is like in the in the Raw match, the the match kind of ends with um Kyrie doing that sort of um altered Boston Crab thing where she like sort of bends in half backwards. And that was the point where Bailey comes in, kicks her, and it's like a DQ kind of fuck finish. Yeah, yeah. She does the same spot here, yet it's an extended spot. She bends right back over to almost be sitting on Sasha. Sasha makes a rope break. Then she drags her back to the middle of the ring, puts it on again. So the 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 exploration and the ability to extend these spots, like it's not just Mercedes looking comfortable in this context and 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 stretching her moveset it's Kyrie is far more comfortable in this uh in this uh space as well and they're both able to then really kind of create the match that they want to create and you're seeing it in the um development of those spots and the way she gets out of that is she uh, Mercedes grabs her by the hair and yeah. drags her down to get into a pinning combination to get out of it is like the desperation of the desperation, yeah. 
it's like yeah like bailey's not here well she was there but bailey's not <laughs> here to to save me from this i've got to i've got to figure out a way to get out uh, of it apparently you know? bailey did try to jump the fence from all reports yeah 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 she did that. i think she did the like the hesitation spot like she was gonna jump the fence the yeah. crowd nearly lost it when that when that was teased Kyrie was so pissed off by the fact that she pulled her hair that Kyrie focused her knee on the wig Mercedes was wearing. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, Kyrie did not get the memo in regards to yeah. um, black women and hair, and she just grabbed her by the hair consistently, uh, and uh, it may, it forced a Mercedes to wrestle like a luchador that had to constantly readjust their mask. <laughs> yeah. She's like constantly having to keep the hair on, and Mercedes are making fun of that after the match. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah, they showed my head of the world. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> But it's like that's but that's the organic nature of it. It's like it's it's so it's so desperate. It's so real that it's like we are fighting here. We are going for this. We are scratching and clawing at this. This, as I said, as it grew, as this match grew, that felt like this idea of something that was the stakes were were high, and you felt that going in. But the way they worked built the the feeling. Like this means something. They were they are grabbing each other's hair. They're grabbing. They're they're scratching and they're clawing. They're biting. They're doing anything they can to try to get an advantage. And it's not, as I said, like people going in thinking that that uh, Mercedes is a heel. She she has heelish tendencies. There is no doubt about that. She has heelish tendencies. But the same way that we could say Okada has heelish tendencies but he's not a heel he's just okada and i think that mercedes is presenting herself in a very similar light um but this is an opportunity to demonstrate that in the context of a legitimate physical contest where she is being tested at every level and i think even ian riccobani noted that that you know she's getting more arrogant she's getting she's choking she's doing this stuff but i can he's like i can forgive that because of the stakes and the and the yeah. feeling and then stakes recognizing and also recognizing that you know both people are taking some liberties in this match. So we who who are we going to say is, is doing the worst part? Because both of them are kind of similar presentations in a lot of respects. You know, Kyrie's presentation in Stardom has been somewhat similar mm. in this outsider that's you know come from back from the WWE. That's this big shot, big noter. Um. So and she's had to be quite aggressive in in her presentation to scrap and claw and fight for the right to be considered equal with the the women that have in their eyes surpassed her. You know. So it's yeah. very there's a there's a sense of synergy in in that the two of them are scrapping for this um and so what i did like and what i was i was interested in you mentioned it before read about you know her reference game her reference games on point um is i there's a couple of spots that i was like these are really cool and i'm i'm going to get into my mudo projection moments but like well like she does a stunner i thought oh that's interesting like that's a random callback to like Stone Cold, but I'm like, I I I like to believe that she is calling back to like recognizing Stone Cold, the place where she first announced that she wanted to go to Japan. Right, that's yeah. where she got in all that trouble. Was sitting there across from Stone Cold Steve Austin, talking about all Japan women's and Stone Cold's fucking like loving it. He's like, yeah, let's talk about I Japanese mean, pro wrestling. That, let's go. That podcast causes a lot of wrestlers a lot of shit. Doesn't it? Remember like, the Dean Ambrose? <laughs> yeah, Mox, right? Yeah, Mox. The exact same we'll thing, right? That. So that's one callback. But the key I kept mentioning is nostalgia references. Like she went for the Eddie Guerrero three amigo spot, right? And a shout to one of her biggest inspirations. Great great Eddie Guerrero, but turned 
into an absolute plant of a DDT. An act of desperation. Which is beautiful. Love it. Exactly. And then, and then she gave up her body to one of the most brutal DDT. Yeah. Face planted. Yeah. But that's interesting, right? That's an interesting element. She goes for that moment. She'd, she'd also later go for the frog splash. And it also backfire. Yeah. And there's this something. There's something to this idea of yes, we can be informed by our past, but we have to create something new if we're going to be Kyrie. If we're going to ascend to the IWGP Women's Championship, we can't be stuck in our in the past. We have to be something new. So every time she went for something like that, she was counted, or it didn't. It didn't. It didn't end well because Kyrie knows this about her. She she knows that these the these are the the influences, the the stories that tie to her. So I found that really fascinating that they're going through this whole story of like her WWE isms are not working. Her nods to other people are not working. So there's this idea that she has to. Here's the important part, the instructive part of her character. She has to bank on herself. Mm. It has to be her. And it is not arrogant to say, I'm the one to do this. I it, it has to be wholly me, and to carry that That's weight. A common theme in uh, Japanese wrestling, particularly at the yeah. moment, it seems like so many characters are echoing that. That's uh, I need my my identity to reach the top, rather yes. than you know uh, parroting anyone else. Yes, I mean, yeah, we, we're going to see Kaido Kimia do that at some yeah. point. Hopefully, no, I have any sense. Can I just talk about that spot right there where they, the two of them went for their high-flying moves, which, you know, I, I actually didn't know Mercedes was too well-known for her, but I know Kyrie's insane elbow drop, which is by far my favourite elbow drop in all of wrestling. That's yeah, amazing. Mercedes, she blocks it, you know, destroys the shoulder. Great, brilliant. We know what she's trying to set up for. But then when Mercedes goes for the frog splash, Kyrie reverses that as well at the same time. I just love the way the two of them were trying to go for these high-flying moves and they were both reversed and blocked. And it was like a pretty fast sequence too for like two top rope spots. I'm like, oh, that happened really quick. And that like kind of kick that she does on Kyrie looked pretty fucking accurate too. Yeah. Dropped her right in the shoulder. Yeah. This is what, you know, we love about New Japan Pro Wrestling that we've seen in the demonstration is like the idea of, she's being able to demonstrate stuff that is so clear to what we know her to be in a pro wrestling match where it's like, we know that her, she, we know from the documentary, right. That she is so supported by her friends, but in the context of a pro wrestling match in this thing, this is not, this is you, you, it's you and you alone. And so when she goes for that Bailey to belly, right. Like mm. a, a monster spot, a huge pop, right. Knows it's going to be great. Maybe a little shout to her San Jose best buddy in the world. But tonight, not enough to bring home. And the desperation, like she's grabbing both legs and she's like kicking. She's like, I've got you because this is a this is a strong finish. This is someone's finish, right? You've also got to love Bailey like, yeah, fucking do it. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, go for it. Something that she wouldn't be able to do elsewhere, right? To yeah. be able to take someone's move as an influence and use it. And everyone, like what a great near for. But it, again, it echoes. You can't rely on your friends in this place either. Yeah. You have to only solely rely on you. 
And as I said, and that that motivates her in a way differently to say how other characters might take that. She uses that to frame a character in Mercedes Monet that is this, you know, larger than life, arrogant, I'm above, I'm entitled. Like that's what she has to, she has to don that persona to justify her making her decisions. That's how it's it's becoming clear that she is going to be the number one person because it's the only option she has to win. Like she has to be that person if she's going to be successful. So she hasn't got another play. That's her only play is if I don't adopt this persona, I can't get to where I want to get to. And I can be so generous and lovely and, and humble about wanting to be the best, but the ultimate it's a competition. When I enter the arena, I have to, I have to be vicious. I have to be mean. I have to be that. Otherwise I don't have anything else that can get me to that point. And Kyrie's recognizing it. That's why they can, at the end, they can embrace because it's not a situation where she cheated. And that's a really key part. It's a key spot as we, as we go along in the match is when, you know, after she's already taken the, you know, ridiculous, she took the cutlass like a champ, right? When she takes the back fist, took that like a champ. Yeah. So she's, she's already knows that that's a pretty damaging spot. Don't want to hit that. Don't want to get hit in the face again like that. Yeah. She gets fucking clobbered here. Yeah. Right. So she gets clobbered early. So now we're getting later in the match and Kyrie's going for it again. And out of desperation, which is a language we're using a lot in this match, she grabs the ref, pulls, pulls him in front and he cops the cutlass. Side note, I'm a massive fan of the name of the Cutlass because as a spinning back elbow, as a pirate character, sword, Cutlass makes yeah. perfect sense. Yeah. And so, but here's the thing. And I was watching this like a hawk because I was like, okay, ref bump. If you're ever going to, if ever, ever there's going to be ammunition for the, for people coming in to say, we don't want this style of wrestling here. It's a fucking ref bump. Now, hilariously, we're in New Japan too, people. So a ref bump's kind of, <laughs> the Bullet Club's kind of been doing it for 10 years. So yeah. I can't really like, um, but nonetheless, it's, it could be seen as a WWE trope, right? But it's important because we're learning about this character. So off the back of a ref bump, a heel would cheat immediately, mm. right? Like Jay White would Not sure. punch in the dick. Yeah. Yeah. So in this context, she doesn't do that. She sort of just, it just sort of goes. And then Kyrie, in, ironically, Kyrie's like, you fucker. And beats, like, again, brings the physicality. And Kyrie sees there's an opportunity. <laughs> They're like, okay, let's go. Refs down, let's go. And they start fighting even more aggressively because, again, both of them are just recognizing the the space. We're both fighting yeah. for this. There's no so for for me, that's like when you're talking about match construction, what you're trying to tell, like we're trying to teach about the character. You learn so much by that ref bump. You know she's not that kind of heel. She's not a chicken shit heel. She's not a daftedly heel because she was given the opportunity, and in that context, she did not choose the easy option. Right, so we understand that she does not take the easy option. That is not yeah. what she. That is not what she's here to do. She's desperate, and she'll do anything. She'll scratch, she'll claw, she'll bite. Yeah, but she won't. She won't cheat. I feel like uh, 
if we ever see if we see this version of Okada with a ref bump, he'll be he'll be similar position, right? He's not going to go to the nuts or you know a sneaky chair shot or anything like that. No, he'll just up the aggression. Yeah. Like, oh, we can go outside now. We've got yeah. more than twenty. We got more than twenty. Let's go out and beat you up over here. And obviously, she introduced the table, and that's and that's the thing of like, okay, this is she's getting hyper aggressive now. She ends up going through it because that's wrestling logic. That's what how, how it happens. Yeah, once we go through a Japanese table too. Can I speak to that one moment particularly too? Because I love that so much, the entire sequence, particularly with the ref bump and then Mercedes pulling the table out because the way it always is set up, it, it's so obvious the way it's always going when a table gets there, right? You always know who's going to go through the table. And the way Kyrie reverses it, it's so natural. You know, she goes underneath her legs, and then lifts her, but almost jolts a bit. Like, and you think for a second that Mercedes is going to reverse it again, go through it, but then she lifts her up. And then, you know, Mercedes is completely screwed. But that's the, that protects her because it's desperation again. Yeah. Out of desperation, she throws her through that. So in all of these spots from both characters, they are being protected from being seen as overtly heelish because of the other character. They're both helping one another to articulate a, a desperate and... And sort of a ambitious yeah. is probably the best way to put it. An ambitious, both characters are ambitious. They are driven by ambition, but they are not, they're not, they have yet to succumb to the, to the sort of the heelish ways as a way to take the cheap way out. They will use a table, but only out of, you know, like either desperation and, you know, Mercedes can be justified for bringing the table out because Kyrie was kicking the shit out of her outside. Yeah. She was beating the shit. And, when she jumped up in the air to take her out, it's like, holy fuck, you well, if you're gonna do that, well, I'm gonna put you through this. Like it both ways, it was there was a heightening and a and a and a like it was elevating the, the level of violence and the level of um physicality was was growing as the match went. So everything I felt was justifiable as it went through. So it wasn't something that I would say is um yeah, that I would say, oh, it's it's seen as a as cheap. It was all all of it was really important to helping understand who these people are. Mercedes has, oh my God. I mean, needless to say, this is not how I expected this matchup to go in. No, no, I, I thought we'd see the table. Homicide versus Tom. These tables usually are though. This one's going to be not nasty. are in a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous predicament here. What? Kyrie! Wait, wait, wait! Oh! God! I didn't feel, I, I didn't feel that the, the table spot was cheap at all. I thought it was actually really appropriate in telling the story between the two of them. And Yeah, I didn't see it as a cheap spot at all either. I just saw it as like another kind of homage to those super brutal New Japan main event spots where there's often table spots, you know. Someone sits at the table and inevitably they end up going through it. Um, yeah, I, I kind of just looked at it like she's doing a New Japan match and there's a few things she wants to do, you know, like the the 20 count spot. It's it's one of them. It's like she wants to go through a table on a, on a New Japan debut. I thought it was fucking cool. It, it sort of like reestablishes just how much I loved the top move spots, the top rope, like when Kyrie goes with the insane elbow and then 
uh, you know, Mercedes targets the shoulder and then she goes straight for like, you know, the frog splash. That's the sequence it goes straight into. I, I loved how the two of them were just like, they were just completely destroyed, wrecked from the match and now just doing desperation moves at the moment. Um, and so, as I said, it leads to that, as Red mentioned, those two high high spots from the top rope, which then leads to this, uh, again, we return to the cross face again, you know, and it was, at that point, it was becoming clear that it was like, you're being tortured at this point. Mercedes is being tortured by Kyrie as a way of blooding into this division of like, you are going to have to fight and scrap and claw and you're going to have to survive. And when faced again with that context, faced again for the situation, nope, there is no Bailey to come in and kick her. She fucking bites her. Mm. She bites her on her hand as an act of pure desperation. Get me out of this thing. It's, you could say, is it a cheating move? Maybe, but it's it's like what Moxley would do. He'll bite. Mm. It was about just survival. And like, she cares so much about winning this thing. She will do anything to do it, but she won't sacrifice honor in the sense of like i'll bite but it's like it's justifiable i can write it off i can clear it it's honorable in the context of this yeah yeah i'll, I'll stretch the rules but i'm not gonna break them yeah so she does that and it's like oh we've just survived and both competitors are just surviving at that point they're exhausted surviving back to back right like just literally back to back sitting there in their exhaustion you know just sitting there engaging contemplating everything that each other has had to do to get to this point, realizing in that moment, Mercedes is like, I, I've tried this. I've tried that. I've done my belly to belly. I've done the meteor. I've done the, I've done the bank statement. I've done everything that I want to do, but there's one thing that I've been working on that I know that she won't necessarily be prepared for. And it comes from a setup that she won't see coming and they're back to back and it sets up a finish essentially out of nowhere, but perfectly logical in the story that she brings out the money maker what a war these two women have waged traps her in the pin oh they're both both wrestlers rolling with each other lock and step here oh wait wait hold up hold up could this be the money maker money money our mind which is a fucking amazing move it's like the unprettier but she lifts them and then DDTs yeah and she wins by embracing her new identity by restrict by stripping back and not not relying upon the past not relying upon callbacks to others not relying upon the uh like the previous fetisms, but adopting and embracing something wholly hers, something new and something importantly that was ridiculed, right? That we talk about the bravery of the step forward, embracing something that was ridiculed that is so emblematic of her position now that when she steps out to be the confident self is ridiculed. Those things she has the bravery to take in that moment. And that is what ultimately wins her the match is her acceptance and embracing of it is on me. I will do it. I will take it. It's I'm gonna I'm gonna be the champ, and I'm gonna take it from you by being me. And I thought a perfect way to give us when that ends. It's like I know you. 
I know who Mercedes Monet is now, mm. and I'm looking forward to seeing where you go. But I know this character because you have, in every step of, on the way of this one match, you have informed us so much and answered so many questions. And if I had doubts, I feel like those elements of like, if I was worried about her bringing those things, I don't see them because she used those things as a way to set that up and then show you that she is not going to be doing that. In fact, the things that worked the best for her were the new things. All of the new things that she did were the most effective. Mm. So she's going to embrace that even more. And as she moves forward, I would anticipate we were going to see more and more new things. And it would just be a growth and an elevation of the character and the wrestling persona as she goes through. So I'm really excited to see how she grows from this. But I feel like her base is really clear and understanding. And like at the end of that match, like she's granted, she's working, she's walking the line between confidence and arrogance, 100% between self and promotion. But she's doing that the same way that Okada does that. Like the same way that the truly great ones do in that I'm great, so we'll be great. And that's kind of the way she's approached it. And I cannot hate on that. I think it's fucking fantastic. And I just thought leaving the match, I was like, yep. For what I like in pro wrestling, I can say you ticked all the boxes and I left having far more investment in both competitors and looking forward to seeing where they're going. Yeah, that that ending spot I thought was really cool because it's that like it follows that that sort of frog splash knee sequence that's like very tit for tat. And then when they're back to back, that's kind of like there's a, it's like an emotional, oh, we're both fucking exhausted here. And then they sort of like, they somehow sort of like bridge up out of that. And then she, um, you know, hits the moneymaker. And the first thing I thought was like, that's a fucking inventive spot to have. Like I didn't see her getting to that from that. And neither did Kyrie, right? That's the point. Neither did Kyrie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, you know, and, and like if you look at that that moment in isolation when they're back to back, like that that looks like a very even yeah. sort of point they are at the match. Nothing has worked against each other. They've both tried these big spots and then it just takes, you know, who's got the last little bit of gas to, to finish off. Who's got the new thing? Who's yeah, bringing yeah. something more to the table? What haven't we seen? Yeah. If the story is Mercedes is not good enough, it's like, they're almost saying that all of Mercedes' stuff that she once was is equal enough to be where Kyrie is. But to be the best, you have to bring more than just that. So they're, they're recognizing and respecting that she's good. Mm. She was always good. But to be great, she's going to have to add more to her game. And it recognizes it. Yeah, absolutely. It just made reminded me of like one of the spots when you were sort of talking before about like it was the new things that worked. Mm. Uh, Kyrie was on the apron and Sadie's was inside and she sort of like rang her, ran her along the ring and slammed her into the corner and then kind of jumped over and then like pulled her head down over yeah. like you know the the join that goes from the post to you know, yeah the turnbuckle turnbuckle area and I'm like fuck I haven't seen that before that was a pretty cool spot yeah, you saw that yeah but little things like ways that she got out of things. Like you remember yeah. we talked about when we were watching the stardom matches and I used to say about, I'd never seen women, I'd never seen wrestlers use the ring. Like they would roll mm. like 
watching the women roll to spots rather than run it. It's because like they can get to a spot or they can move through a spot really fluidly around it. Like there's a moment where Mercedes is hung up in the ropes and Kyrie turns her back to run and Mercedes is able to roll in mm. to us to get set to be where she wasn't expecting her. She, it was the moments where she embraced and demonstrated her knowledge of stardom yeah. and Joshi that surprised Kyrie. Yeah. It was like, it was like, oh shit. And it was like, Kyrie wanted to bring that out of her, but wasn't anticipating what she would awaken, what would come from that. Yeah. The depth of knowledge. And yeah. so it's clear, like, as I said, I was all for having a discussion about the Mercedes character coming into the match, but I could not see how, if someone was watching the match, that the criticisms of those elements, I felt like they were all answered within the body of the match. Everything that she was doing in the match was going counter to those critiques. She was not bringing the fetisms. In fact, she was demonstrating them as an opportunity to undercut them. She was referencing the past as a, as a, commitment to a movement beyond it she was communicating that that is not enough to be a new japan pro wrestler i need to be more and it was acknowledging that that she had to bring that and bring more and it's still the thing is i'm going against azumi i have to bring more i have to keep building more and what what will she bring that will ultimately catch off you know catch out the high speed fucking gun like what can she do and that's the story she's trying to tell. And so the idea is people should expect her now to be able to hang. But the question needs to be, will they? she be able to win? And how will she be able to win? They should not be questioning whether she'll be able to hang. Because if she can hang with Kyrie for 28 minutes and doing all this stuff, I have, I have no doubt that she's able to wrestle Azumi. But Azumi is going to be put in a position where can she wrestle Mercedes? And that's the story for both of them is like, okay, now we're bringing something to the table. You think, like, Azumi's saying, you, you're you saying my name. Like, okay, let's go. If you want to call my name, I'll call yours. Your grandma? Like, that's Azumi's approach. And it's like, all right, let's go. And that that position, I think, is, is as I said, the critiques, I could, I could stomach some of them leading in. But once I saw them leading post it, I was like, did you watch it? That was the thing. Like, if you're watching... What parts of that? I granted, if you're just sort of casually engaging and say, oh, she did a WWE spot. Yes, she did. But what was the result? You know, what happened? What did that lead to? That's the story that they're telling. And that's what New Japan has done consistently. You talk about with Mox. That's the hmm. same thing they did. And so it's teaching us and it's educating us. It's educating the fans. In a lot of respects, if I were a WWE fan, I'd be pissed because <laughs> it's like, <laughs> your shit's not good enough to win over here. Like that's how they've always done it. And that's and that's the point of this thing is that Japan is special because of the reverence and the respect for history. And so you can't turn up and pretend like you didn't exist in the WWE. They don't want you to. They don't want you to turn up and pretend that you weren't a WWE wrestler. They, they're referencing that fucking match that you watched on Raw, Dave. They're yeah. referencing that in the fucking match they're putting it on the on the website because they respect and history it's part of the formative nature of a character so they're not going to just say oh you just strip you of your wwe aspect when you turn up here no you recognize it you play to it but you use it as a storytelling device to help us understand the character progression and that's what she did so i don't think it's a negative for her to be leveraging those aspects because she's leveraging them as a way to promote a new version of herself one that she has freely admitted is something that she is conscious of. 
Yeah. So she is having to go there and do that, be vulnerable, open herself up for people to critique it, knowing that she is ultimately telling a longer story. And for those, for people like us, we love the longer term stories. And I just felt like she planted so many seeds for that. Yeah. And, and wrestlers who are, you know, game enough to be vulnerable as well. Yeah. Put it all, put it all on the line. Everything, yeah. everything's on the line and tell the story and tie the story of the match in the body of the match, the micro of the macro to tie that challenge in the match, the story of the match to replicate the, 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 the bigger story of her challenging the commentary on the outside. Yeah. Yes. Challenging the commentary, challenging the construct or the conceit that she can make it there, challenging the idea that people, the limitations that they have on her, all of those things that she is doing at the macro level, she's playing out in the context of the body of the match. Mm. So it's the little bits are there, but the clear bits are there. Like it's not like they're, they're they're subtle but they're clear like there's overt moments like you don't you don't go for a mo a move that you've won multiple matches with and and not win and then have a commentator who's clearly clued up to what's going saying you know she won a lot of matches with that in the wwe not going to be good enough for her here it's like yeah yeah and so that's the point um and i love workers that work people i love it because <laughs> People they get caught up in this thing of like, oh, look at her. And they and they think they're so edgy by like, oh, I hate on her. It's like you do realize that she is positioning you to think that she's not good enough, right? Mm. And that ultimately this is territory wrestling 101. Like you're gonna be watching, hate watching to see her lose. Great. Keep getting those papers you buy, right? Yeah. Oh, I mean Floyd Mayweather made fucking billion dollars out of doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And also called himself money. <laughs> yes right because it's and that's and it ties into a trope and it ties into stereotypes and it brings out invariably the worst of the discourse and that's what i'm saying is be better than that recognize it's pro wrestling we have to be smarter than that to think that oh i'm going to hate on her because she disrespects new japan pro wrestling are you kidding she clearly loves this shit she's so invested in this shit that she is she's a Ascribe, she's adopting tropes. She's ele- She's adding aspects of New Japan. She's integrating stardom callbacks. She's referencing stardom wrestlers in the match. She's going to to long and like she's going to pains to demonstrate that her old self is not good enough here. She's doing all of these things that are showing incredible reference to the place. But she says someone's name wrong, so she must be against it. Like what? Like it's it's clear what's happening here, people. It's clear, and like I cannot tell you how excited i am by the prospect of a big money signing a big like a huge investment the big star who cares about the details mm. who cares all, about the little things all you really can ask for isn't it that's what you want yeah. and i've always said it about you know i've talked about kenny omega in the past about how i often don't like I, i've never i'm not a big fan of the stories he likes to tell but i will never criticize him for his attention to detail yeah like the man is when he's given an opportunity and he's paid a bunch, he like he thinks about fucking too much. <laughs> he thinks about every <laughs> little step, like, oh, my shoelace color was this, you know, like he goes to the nth degree, but you can't criticize a person that is invested. That is, if you're going to invest in them, they invest in you. And I felt coming out of this match that there were so many 
points and evidence of clear consideration that the critiques of it, I think, are unwarranted. I think overly nervic negative critiques of it are unwarranted. And I'll be I'll be honest, it's a minority. Let's be real, it's a minority. It was the highest rated match on Cage Match for that for that show. Dave Meltzer gave it four and a half stars and said it's the best US women's match in a long time. It was consensus, you know, embraced as a really great pro wrestling match. And just from a from a general audience perspective. Crowd was hot for it, which is always crowd was sold out, crowd was yeah. invested, pay-per-view buys were through the roof. All of those metrics are solid. So any any negative like criticism of it has to be we have to understand where that's coming from and try to rationalize it. And I wanted to understand it because I want to understand how different people engage with the matches, but it's like, you're going to be on a, a small Island on this one. And it's just a matter of, I think, I hope that you, that there's an opportunity that she will win you over because if it's just resentment about her bringing her fans or it's her resentment about her attitude, that please recognize that that is part of the story. She wants you to resent her because she wants to demonstrate how good the stardom girls are and she wants to make it so that you are cheering for someone you have never seen before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you're cheering <laughs> for Azumi and I, I don't know how many people have seen Azumi. You know, like that's the point. You're like, I hope Azumi beats her. Great. So you'll probably go and invest and hopefully... And try to learn I, about Azumi, yeah. I And that's what I want people to do. I want people, instead of spending their time hating on Mercedes, spend your time on looking up and understanding and getting invested in the people that she's going to wrestle. Because if you don't like her character, okay, fair enough. But invest in her opponents because then you're going to get to see them. You're going to see them in 25-minute matches. You're going to get to see them showcased. Yeah. On the biggest stage they'll ever be showcased in. Rhea Goku Sumo Hall, man. That, mm, think yeah. about that. Like That is an iconic venue. That they're going to be at and ironically you'll be you'll be doing what mercedes wants you to do and that is ultimately paying respect to the joshi wrestlers that she so desperately wants to wrestle mm. like that's a better way to use our time rather than to to try and nitpick against someone who i think has only got the best intentions in relation to this product so uh, yeah i i mean i don't give stars for matches for very particular reason like i don't know how you rate a match in terms of it was good or bad i'm like was it instructive did i learn something about the people in it am i excited to see them again that's all i really care about out of pro wrestling matches and i left that and as i said i left that and i was just like oh i was on i I just was like yes the plane landed i was excited yeah and so i was very shocked when i saw you know people that I, i follow and people that are talking about it that were were so down on it i was invariably i was confused and i was like oh i better check cage match i'm like oh no no cage match is pretty good granted there are always those people that are down it there but i was like okay but i was like okay it seems like it's fairly consensus you know so that was kind of the idea it's like and i i'm certainly looking at a different i know i'm looking in different spaces but i thought it was a fantastic match and i felt like i know who mercedes monet is now which is all you can really ask for isn't it to understand for a debut yeah yeah 